Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Lock and Key Unlocked, a podcast about Lock and Key on Netflix, as well as the comic books written by Joe Hill with art by Gabriel Rodriguez. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Lock and Key Season 3, Episode 3, Five Minutes Past, the episode that made my heart just Uh, stop, like literally just stop from the opening credits. If you haven't watched it, go watch it now because we're going to spoil it. But brief overview here. After the wedding, Tyler is still hanging out in Matheson and slowly starting to figure things out. But... It may be a little too late, as two big things happen this episode, among many others. Frederick Gideon musters his forces to get some muskets. He musters them. He musters his forces. He musters them. Don't Uh, interrupt him. Let him get through the recap, would you please? Come on. Uh, Big moves. And then um, Nina is still dealing with her alcoholism, but through the head key, something that she wrestles with this episode. And Bodie, upset about hot Josh uses the time shift key, goes back accidentally to season two, as we saw in the trailer, brings back Dodge, and the thing that we were worried about before the season started happening happens, which is that (sighs) Dodge takes over Bodhi's body, and now we have bad Bodhi on the loose. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Very stressful. Such a... I mean, from the first shot, when you... That swirling, kind of whispering shot to let you know it's all over. It's... uh, that's um, when you knew. Bodhi went from my favorite character to my least favorite. I was like, what are you doing? Don't go back and talk smack to somebody like that. I mean, just uh, poking the bear. Well, just You're to review, Bodhi? <laughs> we're, we're still learning the rules of the time shift key, but the way that we understand it now, and we're getting a little bit more information each episode, is that unlike the comic books, which we've described a couple of times, is like going back and watching a movie. Here, you can interact with the times past, but you don't change things. It's sort of like a a pocket time. The thing that we find out here, though, is that anybody in that time period who holds on to you can travel back to the present. That seems like something that Duncan knows about and may have happened in some way previously, because he's had some specific warnings here. Here, obviously, this goes as bad as you could possibly imagine. Just the worst. And I think the way I thought of it, because it doesn't make a ton of sense to me um, in general. I mean, being rooted in the comic book way it works. Um, But to me, it's like just another version of the Echo. They're Mm -hmm. taking basically an Echo of this person from a different time and bringing them forward. And in that way, I think it makes total sense. It's basically the same same policy as that. Um, And then just the dread of uh, Bodhi, Dodge Bodhi, Bad Bodhi is uh oh my it's God. trouble but this is the third episode of the season right so we have five left i mm-hmm. think things are going to get worse quickly you know, I, how can it get worse 
Well, this well, is buckle up, son. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree with you. I think we started with two relatively pleasant episodes and a little bit of fun, even with Gideon, even though he, Kevin Durant's doing a great job of being a terrifying villain here. But this is the episode, like you're saying, three episodes in where it all turns because. Yeah. Again, for those who haven't read the comic books, this is essentially what happens here. Bodhi's body does get taken over by Dodge. It leads to a confrontation in the sea caves in the books, which we've kind of already seen in the show. So I think it's going to play out very differently here. But there really is the whole final arc or arcs of the book are this bad Bodhi who's torturing everybody and they don't realize it until it's pretty much too late. So the moment, like I was saying earlier, the moment in the opening credits when you see the ghost key inside yeah. clearly Bodhi's body, the note that I wrote down was, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That's a big uh-oh over here on my notes. Um, and it also it, – it's complicated by the fact – I don't think we can rely on any of the comic book Mm-mm. logic playing out here because we've got Gideon running around. We've got two major villains like fully succeeding right now at the same time. I don't know who, how, like how we have no Tyler on the board. Kinsey shouldering her entire family and yep. uh, sort of cracking under the pressure. Bodie being honestly a little selfish, like get Just, on board with that, Josh. Let's go. All right, let's go. Right. Whoa, let's whoa, go. Whoa, whoa. Let's on. go. Let's go. See, this is what it is. The, your your rejection of Hot Josh is leading Bodie to disaster, Pete, and he you know he learned that from you. He learned that by watching you. All right, listen, uh, you can't blame Bodie for being a little skeptical of some Josh character coming in, swooping in and trying to, uh, you know, get in on his family. He, he's he gone through a lot. I just wish that after you just barely beat a boss character last season, you don't go back and taunt like that. I mean, that he was just, flexing on him. He yeah. was flexing on him. Oh, and that's not Bodie. It really, it really bit him hard. And what stinks is he knew that was a trap. He knew the ghost tag was a horrible idea, yet he went for it anyway. Just, oh, so hard to not Yeah, you're hate. jumping around a little bit, but I I understand what you're saying. It's heartbreaking because we know Bodhi is usually the, the person in the Locke family that's ahead of everybody here. Exactly. And he is doing nothing but messing up this season. Like, from putting everything down in the notebook, which gives... Gideon. I don't blame him for that. I don't blame him for that. That's yeah, I would was, do that. That's a hundred percent. You just can't really? leave your. You can't leave it out. You know what I mean? You got you got too many cool places to hide things. Pick mm-hmm. one. Yeah, you're, you're not gonna somewhere. make. You're not gonna make a fun little notebook if you have all those keys. What are you gonna do? What? Go back to school? Go read some <laughs> science? You got magic keys. All right, fair enough. Fair magic enough. Keys. But here at least, I I really love the emotional layers of this episode. I thought what yeah. everybody was reacting off of, getting back to these central themes of loss with Rendell Locke, through Bodhi, through Nina, through Kinsey, uh, through even like Tyler dealing with Jackie's loss still here. I thought this was a really emotionally nuanced episode. And yeah. even though I was frustrated and upset about what Bodhi is doing with the ghost tag at the end, like you talk about where he tries to trick Dodge by pretending to be a ghost. And then Dodge is not tricked because Dodge is Dodge and Dodge is smart. That was um, cool. To all of the things that happened in the scene there where he's yelling at everybody. Like he's, he is spurred on by the fact that Nita's got a new hot daddy and left her old hot daddy behind. Oh, uh, d- all right. First yes, off, don't up? put that on Nina. I mean, she's going through a lot in this episode. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's got two hot daddies. She's got an overabundance of hot daddies on this show. What is your deal? You, you, you are too old to say those phrases. It creeps me the fuck out. 
I can't hot daddy. Never too old yeah. to say hot daddy. Pete, Pete, we are hot daddies. This. Yeah, exactly. And Pete, you're taking care of three kids over the weekend, so technically you're a de facto hot daddy as well. Uh, don't. De facto don't. Do they hot call daddy? you hot daddy or what? Uh, <laughs> no. What's going on there? No, I, I would need hot to get, daddy, hot need daddy to get, Pete, change my diaper. <laughs> we, need to, we need to get back on track here. Uh, just so you guys know, if for some reason I die near a creepy well, just leave me down there. Don't throw me off a cliff. You know what I mean? Just leave me at the bottom of the well. Well, let me ask you this. Wouldn't you want it? Like, she was very cold. Yes, you sorry, you're jumping preserved. over to the Eden thing. Just a little bit of context here before we start going back and forth about this. Well, so jumping from the Bodhi thing to the Eden shit, thing. I'm going to move on. Uh, okay, I know. Uh, we're going to come back to it later. But they discover Eden's body at the bottom of the well. Kinsey calls on the Savinis to never have go near a well. Just pull never the do body it. up. They give her a funeral. We talked about this a little bit the last episode, but once again, Kizzy sings. This time she sings, I believe it's Hear You Me by Jimmy oh, Eat World. And the Savini's join in. in. And there's, again, like getting back to the past, they're doing such an incredible job this season. Just that quick flash on the cliffs of going from the Savini's to the Keeper of the Keys back in Rendell yeah. Locks days without explicating it, without anybody being like, hey, guys, this is really like that thing that our parents did back in the day. I thought it was so smart and well done. I, I agree. It was really cool. It took me a second. I was like, oh, did they just flash to keep her the, the keepers the keys? And I was really impressed and surprised that they would be sort of so um, so showing rather than telling of that. And I really liked it. And again, it makes me think, I don't know if I've said this before, I think we're going to get the Tempest scene oh, have from you said that? the yeah, high no, school. You never brought that up. You never because we are really time. laying out. We got Gordy on the back burner, and we're seeing mm. keepers in the young state. You don't just bring those actors back for a quick flash. They're going to be the, the tempest. Well, let me throw this out to you then. If a lot of this episode, and I guess we'll see where we go over the rest of the season, but a lot of this episode is about repeating the mistakes of the past or just repeating moments from the past, from throwing your friends off of a cliff after they've died to hide the bodies, to Nina revisiting her memories with Rendell Locke. Do you think the season is going to be about pushing past that, getting to a new future? Yeah, I think it's like uh, sort of absorbing the pain of your past. I mean, that's what Nina's story was like here, I think. And even uh, to keep it on the Eden stuff, it was absorbing sort of what Eden did, the good and the bad, um, and the fact that she was a demon for a lot of that, um, and sort of looking at her as a whole person and then um, moving past her. Like they very cleanly and like they physically move past her and they emotionally sort of close the loop on that. And I thought that was really nice. And the same with Nina, I think she's like – she goes to a dark place when she's reliving all of her drinking moments and just seeing how bad it was for her yeah, family. She needed and f- to see it to kind of like deal with it. And uh, it was, it was, it was a really cool moment between her and Kinsey to be like, Hey, listen, you're kind of stepping over a line here. I appreciate what you're doing, but I need to do this. And she needed to see it to kind of get past it there. And to me, it felt like this is an audition for what they're when they're going to bring Tyler into the fold. It's basically the same beats. She's like, Kinsey was like, you're in trouble. We need to deal with this as a family. And I'm going to overstep my bounds a little bit. Enter your head key head and and try to deal with this. Same thing with Tyler. They're going to unlock him, I think, probably next episode. I know you called it this episode, Alex. I know. It's got to be next episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think unlock him. He's going to have to deal with his guilt which is, I think is the issue with Jackie's death and then move on because they got, they lost Bodie here. 
They don't know it yet, but oh my uh, god! I, I think I mean just to further speculate. Sorry, and then I'll turn it over to you, Pete. I think we could see a thing where everybody's like, you know what? We've really dealt with our trauma, and that's when they find out that they've lost Bodhi, and it just destroys everybody. Go ahead, Pete. Oh yeah. Well, I, you just kind of de- destroyed my point. I just think though that if you keep bringing up oyster crackers, eventually we're gonna have to see some people eat chowder, right? <laughs> like you, you gotta, you gotta show us the chowder. You gotta let us see how good this chowder is. You know, what I mean? oyster crackers are the new chowder. Is what mm-hmm. I wrote down for this episode. I do think we've moved past uh, the chowder talk. Also, librarian. He, he fucked up. Yeah. He tried to do it too hard to do his job. We are we are all over the place right now. Yeah. <laughs> we? Uh, I want to go back to what Justin was saying, though, about uh, the Kinsey kind of uh, moment there with her mom. It was hilarious how there was this like really deep moment. And then you just hear Kinsey's voice go, I hated that dress. You know, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you realize she's there. That was such a cool move. Very fun. And it kind of represents a little bit of the jumping kind of moment stuff that the comics brought. So I was very happy with that moment. Um, The jump scare. Jump scare, yeah. I I didn't necessarily see it that way, but I do think having these two characters connect like we're talking about was really smart and really nice. I I wrote down the exchange, which I thought was awesome, that just really brought it home, where Nina, after that, says, I haven't taken a drink, and Kinsey shoots back, you still found a way to relapse. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was uh, yeah smart. That's great dialogue, and uh, I like that too. And then on the other side of it, we get we get Rendell being sort of a little bit of a, a savior here. And I think putting out this idea that when you're in a family, different people are suffering at, at different times, and so it's someone else's turn to come in and sort of swoop up and boost them back up so they can keep moving forward. And right now, I think the problem is it's been all on Kinsey in this episode. So they, she really needs someone else to keep the balloon in the air along with her. Yeah. Kinsey yeah. and the ghost of Rendell Lock, essentially. Absolutely. Now, well, do I, you think there's a possibility? I, I don't think they'd go this route, but do you think they could use the time shift key same way they did with Dodge to bring Rendell forward in time? Oh, my God. I do. I mean, the it's set there. I mean, how cool would it be to end this season with the full Lock family uh, at, at full power? And in uh, this scenario, Hot Josh is like standing at the window with his hands on the window being like, no. <laughs> That's a good point. Hot Josh, though, that makes me think. I predicted a little bit of this last season. Hot Josh may go down this season. Mm. He's too yeah. hot for this world. Like a do phoenix. You think so? Like, okay, this is getting back to the comic <laughs> book. And we know they're not going to do it exactly like the comic book. But there is a final moment where, if I remember correctly, Tyler reconnects with yep. Rendell towards the end of the series. I think we could get something like that. Like the the show has hit that beat a lot, but it's a really good place to end. And it does feel like a cheat to me to fully bring him back, but I think we will see him in some fashion. Uh, I feel like he he himself would come back and be like, I'm not meant to be here. And he would mm-hmm. then take himself out of because he he knows his time has passed. He's not Dodge. He's not clinging to some revenge or anything. He's like I did my time here on in this plane. I'm, I'm going to go, which I think is another theme from the comics where it's very much about characters knowing their time to come and go. I did like the fact that when we got inside uh, Nina's head, it was like this cool antique shop. I mean, those lunch boxes, old school lunch boxes were really fun. I thought that was a cool way 
to I like how each kind of season we get inside different people's heads. There's a different style, a different feel. It's yeah, very her, creative. Her store, Lamps and Lunchboxes, would crush in like a small New England town. I would <laughs> stop my car and pull over and check 100%, it out. hundred percent. hundred percent. This was, we did, to, to be clear, we did see it a little bit in the, I believe, the season finale last season. But they definitely shot it in a different way from different angles, which yeah. probably shows that other, you know. They fleshed it out a little bit more, addressed it in a different way, or just decided to shoot it differently, which I thought was really cool. Um, what else should we talk about? We should talk about Tyler's storyline a little bit. We've touched on it, but he is still starting to grapple with the missing moments in his memory. He's finding out that Kinsey didn't actually report things to the police, which is very frustrated about. And probably most important, Hot Josh is trying to be his hot daddy over at the he, History Museum. He takes a hot uh, tour with Hot Josh's hot daddy, to, to put it. Uh, and that tour was hot. Pete? No, it wasn't. Uh, it was nice to see uh, Tyler hang out with his friend again. I really thought their kind of walk and talk Logan. was fun. Logan, yeah. And uh, I also loved how o- Logan was like, yeah, this is awkward, bro. What you're dealing with is super awkward. So I thought that was uh, it's a real uh, fun. Now, I honestly don't remember. Logan doesn't know about any of this stuff, right? Well, he uh, does. I think he he was sort of on the fringes of mm-hmm. it, um, but yeah, I don't think he was a big part of it here. Yeah, the- but it was good seeing him again, and I'm curious to see how Tyler is going to remember and how they're going to get him to remember. I did like the Locke History Museum, Locke, uh, the Matheson History Museum. I thought that was kind of a neat addition to the world of the show. What do you think is going on. We've talked about this a little bit and not to stick with hot Josh, but I do think it's relevant. He has that uniform of a captain. Is that, I couldn't quite see the numbers and I probably should have gone back to check. Was that. Yeah. The, uh, the evil dude was 22. That was 23. The one on display. Jordan. Jordan's number. number, Yeah. Okay. So that was shout out to Mike. (laughs) <laughs> that was not Gideon's uniform. That was the guy who, I guess, came after Gideon or something Yeah, the like next that. regiment or something. Um, because Gideon died. Um, the uh, I'm curious what... Um, I feel like Josh is going to end up being related to Gideon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what that means for him. Since now we're seeing Dodge going to Bodhi, it does feel strange that there would be another possession character going mm-hmm. on. Unless... Gideon puts a demon in Josh, um, which I think could be something that happens. Yeah. The uh, in a way, one more sorry, one more thing on that. I think we saw perhaps a portent of that in uh, Tyler seeing um, Detective Mutuku's picture on display at the police station. I was hoping you were correct the way you said put a demon in him because that was just a weird phrase. You don't like that? No, put I a don't. demon in that daddy. <laughs> Daddy demon, hot demon daddy. Sorry, Pete, I just was asking for clarification. You prefer hot demon daddy. No, no, I just, uh, I actually don't. I, I'm just saying there's a chance we could get a hot demon daddy situation <laughs> that uh, could uh, really mess things up in an already complicated villain scenario. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to see if he puts a hot demon daddy inside of him. Pete? 
Stop, please. please you know what we're stop. gonna do is we're gonna we'll pull a repeat che- cheering and joyfully <laughs> laughing from another episode, which we have, and drop it in uh, right there. It's too much uh, post. You know that won't happen. It's not like Listen, we have man, a You seem producer. a little bummed about this conversation. Why don't you have yourself a gin chowder, get it white and creamy, and just chill out? Oh man. Glad we're carrying that for uh, <laughs> uh, One thing I wanted to talk about was Frederick Gideon and his compatriots. They get some sp- sweet steel. haircuts and uh, new looks. Is that I don't know if they got haircuts. They definitely like brush their oh, hair. Oh, no, no. He no, cut that one his pony. Oh, that's right. He did. Yeah. I mean, it's very funny. I feel like they maybe listened to our previous podcast where I was talking <laughs> shit about their hygiene. And they were like, you know what? Let's clean it up a little bit. Just a little. Just a little bit. Uh, what did you think, Justin, since you were pretty high on how messy they were, the fact that they got some sweet leather jackets to wear? I mean, the the fact that they're dressing like um, characters from Happy Days feels funny <laughs> and, and weird in a good way. Um, and also that they've shifted now with the emergence of Dodge. The first two episodes, I feel like we're meant to dread these guys. In the whole li- that library sequence, despite the fact that they murder the librarian, Straight up scalp the librarian, scalped him, oh, yeah, ter- terrifying, very um, terrifying, shot like a Savini film, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was funny. Um, they are at, in this episode occupied sort of a goofier villain uh, position, which it was I almost think like is, a demolition man nod. You know, it was it was well, a lot particularly going. because of the weapons that they're trying to get here. Like they've learned yeah. just so much about the modern day, but clearly not enough to know that having muskets that they need to reload with powder or whatever is going on there is probably not the most efficient thing to do. You know what they remind me of um, in Back to the Future, Biff's. Biff and his sidekicks from the when mm-hmm. Michael J. Fox goes back to the 50s. They're like goofy and sort of villainy, but like dumb also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that that's a fun spot for them, especially if Dodge Bodie, Bad Bodie is going to be the actual scary part of the show. Let me throw out a theory to you that goes in the opposite direction. I do think they're the big villains of the season because the thing that was put on the back burner this episode was the fact that Gideon can open up these portals. I still think we're going to get of some sort of massive portal in the middle of Matheson sucking the whole town, an apocalyptic thing going on. So I wonder if we're going to get a swerve on the bad Bodhi thing and Dodge is actually going to join their side. Because something that was hinted at in the previous season in particular with Eden, knowing Frederick Gideon uh, and Dodge also kind of talking about this demon society on the other side of the portal. I wonder if there's like going to be a rivalry type thing going on there and Dodge being like, no, I'm the big bad in town. Civil war or something going on? Well, I think Gideon seems to be the leader of the demons in some fashion. So I wonder if Dodge will be like, no, screw that. This world is mine. I'm not going to let you have it. Mm. Um, yeah, I I had that thought as well, especially since. Oh, okay. Um, then why did you say it out loud? I said it first. No, no, I had no, I'm not, no. I'm not trying to take <laughs> take credit for it. I just want to um, <laughs> detail my thinking on that. Sure. Um, I guess <laughs> Alex has proprietary rights to the Dodge is Hero uh, uh, copyrights album uh, 2022. Uh, yeah. A little late on that. A little late on that. Oh, I should have said that. I always forget. Um, but I, what I mean by that is. I don't know what that, that the way I thought about it was, I don't know what that gets them, especially now that we're doing the bad Bodie thing. Cause I thought if Dodge was going to be Dodge and be a little bit more of just like an echo of the, what Dodge was, then it would make more sense. But with Dodge in Bodie, I don't know how that we sort of thread that needle through, mm-hmm. uh, through to, to that conclusion of that. 
It's a lot of stuff going on, and I guess we'll see what happens. But why don't we get back to this episode, since there's still a bunch more things to pull out. Any any moments in particular you guys want to mention? Well, I mean, we got to talk about the big deal, is we finally got Tyler's car shown in this uh, new season. So it was, I'm hoping more uh, shots of that because it was, it was a great r- romantic shot. You know, it was nighttime, but you still got to see a lot of the car, just like the outline. It was, it was beautiful. Uh, speaking of things with Tyler, he also gets a text from Carly who's checking yeah. in on him. He has a little bit of a conversation with Logan about that. Do you think there's something there or is that more, Maybe that's part of the theme we've been talking about in terms of he can't let go of this memory of Jackie. It's incomplete. Eventually, maybe he'll be able to move on. With or Carly. he just couldn't really explain it in a way that Logan would believe him. Like, oh, well, let me get this straight. You're working construction. And then there's an attractive lady who's also just working construction. I feel like there are going to be attractive ladies working construction listening to our podcast. I believe that's 50% of our listening audience who are going to be yeah, very offended by this talk. Okay. I'm just throwing yeah. out there. Um, and again, I work construction and can attest that it's exactly how it goes. Still getting texts from some former uh, coworkers being like, are you okay? Uh, people love to <laughs> I, take I, don't about I don't think that's an attraction thing, Justin. What? I think they legitimately want to know if you're okay. Yeah, you should text um, them I back. feel like they keep asking, are you okay? Are you okay? We haven't heard from you. That's love. That's like hot. That's like super hot daddy stuff. Mm-hmm. Hot demon daddy. <laughs> I'm their hot demon daddy. Uh, shout out to anybody I work construction with like fully 15, 20 years ago. Bummer. Um, I wanted to say um, that, uh, yeah, I think t- that Carly thing feels like it's something that can pull Tyler away a little bit. While also the fact that he won't reply to her is him not refusing to just deal with anything emotional in his life. I just to jump over to a different topic, we touched on the Nina head memories a little bit before, but I wanted to give a shout out how nuanced I thought they were in terms of alcoholism. I think we're used to like the the point that they eventually build to where she wrecks the Kinsey's gingerbread house, spills the wine or alcohol or liquor or whatever she was drinking all over Kinsey. Like, I think that's the kind of thing you expect from these scenes, but the more subtle form of abuse that comes with Nina just being sloshed on this camping trip hurts in exactly the same way. And those are the things that kids remember in exactly the same way. And that ultimately it almost hurts even more. The fact that she's just not there, you know, she's emotionally and mentally not there and it's awful and hard to watch, but so well played by Darby Stanchfield. And the, you know, the promise moment where, you know, he was like, you know, you made a promise to these kids and she says, damn straight. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, One thing uh, sort of going forward, do we want to talk about maybe some predictions a little bit now? Yeah, we could do that. I think we've uh, certainly touched on a bunch of them, but... Um, There was something else I want to talk about. Oh, we sort of, sorry, before we get to predictions, we also uh, jumped past some of the time shift key stuff a little bit. I just, again, wanted to give a shout out of like, it, it feels like they've hit the ground running this season. You know, one thing we've actually lauded the show for in the past is they do a really good job of weaving explanation into the episodes. It does feel a little bit like, and I don't know if this was a function of kind of suspecting this was the last season or just how they edited or whatever, that they're just like, nah, you've watched the first two seasons. Let's go. 
jumping into like without explanation a season two scene and then having the riff on it, I thought was so awesome the way that was edited. Bodie hearing it up the stairs and you as an audience member immediately being able to realize, oh, that's where oh, they're going. That's yeah, what's yeah. going on. And the riff on those scenes, that scene was so cool. I thought that was so yeah. well done. Um, oh, also the line in that scene where Bodhi shouts, you lose, Dodge. Ha! Very good. Yeah. Very good. Horrible idea. Horrible, and all yeah. the things at the end there, I wrote down so many lines of like Dodge saying, thanks for the ride. Great to see Layla D. Oliveira. Maybe I'm mispronouncing her name. Uh, back as Dodge because yeah, she's so terrifying. Tag. Yeah, I'm down for a little ghost tag. And the double fake of Dodge saying boo. Yeah. Great stuff. And also... Jackson Robert Scott's smile at the end, his evil little smile, terrifying. Yeah. I'm very scared about the next episode. Very, so. very, very upsetting. Like, because the, the title of the episode, I was like, oh, when are we going to get it? And then I was like, oh, this is just, this is going to end so horribly. And it really does set it up for a, oh, man, tune in next time. Well, it's crazy that like he's like, I'm going to go use the time shift key to see my dad. And he just presses a bunch of buttons and it's like, what? what? Where is no one's help being very helpful here um, or figuring it out before he dives into it, which I, is sort of the way they oh, approach so you're saying the you were upset they wasn't supervised, like nobody was looking out to be like, hey, where are you setting that for? Like, maybe I don't know if I'm like if I'm a Bodhi and I'm like, I want to call home. Uh, I know the phone number. You can't well, just I'll, smash your I'll hand into the keypad there. and hope you get to connect <laughs> with the person. I mean, I'll throw out there that, again, this is like a relatively subtle thing that's weaved through the episode. But Nina is so drunk on the head key, she doesn't know and isn't concentrating on what's going on with Bodhi. Like, Kinsey brings her back from the edge. But all of this happens exactly because Pete's saying it. Because Bodhi was not supervised. She hid the time shift key. And she Not kept super different. well. In, in, in the, the in disco her purse. purse. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah it's, the disco purse. Come but on. that's exactly and, it. Like, she's repeating the mistakes of the past again here. And let's also remember that she was couldn't watch Bodhi because she was going to spend time with Rendell. And the same thing that Bodhi wanted. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. She, they have a little taste of seeing Rendell, what she does when she is with Bodhi. And she shuts it off because she has to deal with her, her own thing. So... Rendell is the solution and also a little the loss of Rendell, the problem that they're all grappling with. But yeah, I mean, if I could interpret solution, what you're dude. saying, uh, she got a little taste of that hot daddy and she went back for more. Is that what you're saying, Justin? I think I can't believe I didn't use those words because that's how I, I wrote it down in my notes. Um, <laughs> prediction going forward. Now that Bodie's fully ghosted, we're going to see our ghosts again. We're going to see a little yeah. Sam Lesser pop up. We're going to mm-hmm. see Chamberlain. Yeah. I'm excited to see Chamberlain. What's he's doing? He's one of my favorite characters because they go over to him and he's like, "Hello, yeah. here, I, here I am." I just extreme, <laughs> extreme Harry Potter painting energy from Chamberlain. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. But I also think Sam Lesser hasn't gotten that redemptive arc, and I do think that is coming as well. Well, that is a very good call out. Why don't we then move on to our key moments in the episode, Justin? What's your key moment? Was it that specifically? Well, yeah, let's, let's say it's that uh, because I was uh, talking about it like that. I feel like Bodhi has a lot of time episodically to figure some stuff out, to observe. In, in the comic, it is, uh, you know, Bodhi comes through right at the end. But I think he has a chance to be a little bit more, have a little more influence on the action since he has so much time. 
and then obviously the Sparrow um, comic, which we won't spoil too much about what happens, though maybe we already have in the past. I feel like we're going to see that as well very soon. Pete, what about you? What's your key moment in the episode? Uh, the key moment is Bodhi being a complete douche and uh, wow, really fucking, really fucking things up uh, for the home team here. And, uh, you know, I feel like iCarly is going to come back hard and, uh, you know, maybe uh, help uh, the situation. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I think it's hard to think of another key moment other than Bodie getting taken over by Dodge, because that's definitely the biggest thing that happens in the episode. But uh, I'll throw it out to Nina getting turned around from her head key addiction, perhaps. I think that's something that she is still dealing with. It'll be interesting to see how that affects her going forward throughout the end of the rest of the season, how she potentially coaches Tyler through his own memory problems as well. Um, curious to see how it all pans out emotionally for this family. And folks, if you would like to support the show, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Lock and Key, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Lock and Key Pond on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, keep it locked right here. And as always, stay high, you demon daddies. Oh, boy. <laughs>